Season 1, Episode 45, Unsanitary Conditions and Danger Inmates. Welcome back, Free Rocky Nation. If my video about the bugs and the food wasn't enough to make you queasy, then hang on to your barf bags for this next segment, Unsanitary Conditions and Danger Inmates. The title sums it up well. I'm going to give you the details about what is going on and what we have done on our end. I wrote a follow-up email to the Peoria Department of Public Health. I had previously emailed the Fulton County Public Health Department about the Illinois River Correctional Center kitchen. The prison kitchen is straight out of Gordon Ramsay's Hotel Hell, if you've ever seen the show. I wish Gordon could go in there and straighten things out. Even a veteran like Ramsey would be sickened at all the health code violations at Illinois River. Fulton County told me to email Peoria Regional Office of Public Health because the regional office inspects the prison kitchens. In my November 28th, 2022 email to the Peoria Department of Public Health, I wrote to the Peoria Regional Public Health Department supervisor. Below is an email from my father, an inmate at Illinois River Correctional Center. In the email, he explains how the prison kitchen workers were literally serving food with their hands. I have no idea why serving tinsels were not used. Kitchen workers used their gloved hands to change trash. Then they reused the same gloves to serve food to the inmates. The steam tables are also broken. All food is served at room temperature. Please read the email below from my father for further information, how to contact me or how to contact my father. Email from my father reads, Larry Harris, date received, August 29, 2022. Hi, Amanda. Today, the kitchen had the hamburger and tater tots meal, two pieces of bread, broccoli stocks, apple, no ketchup, no condiments of any kind. The food supervisor, Renault, spelled R-A-N-O-E, has a line running where the men had no beard nets on, no face mask on, serving the food with their hands. Yes, reaching into the insert and grabbing a handful of tater tots, then placing it on the tray. This with the same hand that is touching the trash, the door handles. Inserts stacked on top of each other, sitting at room temperature. At no time is the prisoner worker supposed to be allowed to serve the food entree with their hands. But today, the prisoner was placing the tater tots and the hamburger patty on the tray with their hands. Then, in between lines, this same gloved hand touched all kinds of contaminated areas, including garbage being thrown away, then stepped back up and reached in and grabbed a small handful of tater tots on each meal tray. All the food was called at room temperature. See, the inmates working in the kitchen do not eat off the line. They cook their own meals each day. So now they do not care about the food they serve the prisoner body because they are not eating it. So we need to do research on this to find out who sets the rules governing the prison kitchen food codes. Then do a YouTube video and a podcast on these health code violations. The cold meals served every day. Now you can understand why I hate to eat in this dining hall. 
Someone has got to expose this blatant disregard for proper food handling here. That's the end of my dad's email. My email continues. It has been recognized that the investigation of misconduct by prison officials actually furthers a legitimate penological objective. Truthfully answering questions concerning a misconduct investigation against a correctional officer is undoubtedly quite consistent with legitimate penological objectives. From court case Bridges v. Gilbert in 2009, it has also been determined that the prisoner's allegations of corruptions are matters of public concern. This is from the court case Wilson v. Greeton from 2007. As the Supreme Court noted in Snyder v. Phelps from 2011, speech directed to matters of public concern is entitled to special protection under the First Amendment. I initially emailed the Fulton County Department of Public Health. Stacy Thompson said that my concerns would be forwarded to the Peoria Regional Department of Public Health. Dara called me and left a voicemail from the Peoria Department of Public Health. I called her back and left a voicemail in the first week of October. I have received no further correspondence from Dara. Does the Regional Office of Public Health condone these egregious sanitation violations? Does the Illinois Department of Public Health wish to stop this information from reaching the public? Speech on matters of public concern cannot be restricted simply because it is upsetting or arouses contempt. If there is a bedrock principle underlying the First Amendment, it is, the, it is that the government may not prohibit the expression of an idea simply because society finds the idea itself offensive or disagreeable. From Schneider. The fact the IDOC staff believes that the public finds these sanitation issues and lack of supervision offensive does not trump the First Amendment right upheld in the Harris versus Calloway and Campbell case. Now, the prison staff here have violated the law. What are you going to do to fix this? How can proper food handling procedures and supervision thereof be implemented? You may contact me via responding to this email or calling me at my home number. You may write to my father at Larry Harris in 57672 Illinois River Correctional Center, P.O. Box 999, Canton, Illinois 61520. You may also call Illinois River Correctional Center at 309-647-7030 and speak to kitchen manager Peters. Peters likes to gloat about how the prison kitchen is never inspected so he can allow his staff to operate in any fashion that he allows. After dealing with this issue, feel free to check out my advocacy work. Thank you for your time and the work that you do to ensure food safety. Respectfully submitted, Amanda Carrasco. That's the end of my email to the Peoria Regional Office of Public Health. If you would also like to email them, use email address e h at peoriacounty.org. Then, just to ensure someone is following up on the situation, email constituent affairs. That's what I did. The prison dietary supervisors are state employees, civilians, not inmates. Prison employee union provisions allow employees to transfer from a correctional officer post to a kitchen position. No food handling, sanitation, or culinary certifications are required to obtain a kitchen job, even if that job is as a manager. 
The correctional officer does not need prior experience working with food either. What is common industry practice in the civilian world is not at all common inside the prison. How do the inmate workers train to work in the prison kitchen? Since the manager lacks the expertise to train them, they simply learn on the job from the other inmates. Any new inmate kitchen workers are shown, quote, the way they have always done it, end quote. Whether or not the practice violates food safety standards, the manager then gets to brag about how the Department of Public Health is not allowed inside the prison kitchen to inspect it, so he can run the kitchen any way he pleases. Does this sound like a place you would eat? I know restaurants where I live that have passed their food inspections with a B rating. I will not eat at those restaurants, even though I know those places are inspected. Can you imagine what kind of grossness is happening inside the prison kitchens? You may be wondering if this issue can be raised. Actually, there is legal precedent for these kinds of problems. Looking at the case of Caldwell versus Caesar from 2001, the judge wrote, quote, Expert testimony is not required or needed to know that hot food must be maintained at a minimum temperature to prevent the growth of harmful bacteria, end quote. Lawrence Caldwell was an inmate from the District of Columbia. His complaint of Eighth Amendment violations regarding negligent food handling were settled in summary judgment. This means that a judge heard the complaint, gave it merit, and decided in favor of the plaintiff, inmate Caldwell. A judge will do this when the defendant cannot defend his or her or its actions. Let's look at the case of Lightfoot versus Walker from 1980, where it was documented what happens when you let the inmates run the kitchen. An excerpt from the case is as follows. The inadequacies in the food storage preparation and delivery are well documented over a long period of time and reflect a continuing pattern of neglect by the Department of Corrections. A Department of Public Health Food Services Inspection in 1972 recommended closer supervision of inmates in all dishwashing and food service areas, replacement of some utensils, and equipment, and indicated the need for three compartment sinks for adequate sanitation of items. No follow-up inspection was ever conducted by the Department of Public Health. In January of 1977, the Department of Public Health inspection conducted as a result of this lawsuit found these same problems in the food services four and one half years later. In April and July of 1976, the floors in the kitchen were generally filthy. Toilets next to the showers off the kitchen area were heavily contaminated with feces and garbage was uncovered. Vats and trays of food in the walk-in refrigerators were left uncovered and separation of used and unused food was poor. These unhygienic conditions pose a real health hazard at the institution. In spite of this, there was no apparent effort made to correct these dismal conditions or to implement proper sanitary policies and procedures. The hand washing and shower facilities for the kitchen workers is inadequate. The shower room has no ventilation. 
Obnoxious odors from the toilet were present on an inspection at the time of trial. The floors of the shower room are porous and there was standing water. This is conducive to bacterial growth which causes athlete's foot and other skin diseases. The lack of basic facilities for personal hygiene is significant. A large majority of outbreaks of foodborne diseases are associated with people not washing their hands properly and then contaminating food. The bakery area was still being used at the time of the panel's first inspection. The presence of insects was common in this section of food services. Rat droppings were present between the oven and the wall in the bakery and mouse droppings in the yeast storage room at the time of trial. That's the end of the excerpt. Lightfoot, the plaintiff of this 1980 lawsuit, was an inmate at Menard Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois. Knowingly serving Illinois River inmates, food that has gone cold cannot be defended. Letting all steam tables that are supposed to heat food remain in disrepair cannot be defended. Allowing poor hygiene practices to continue cannot be defended. Since you know that the food sanitation issues can be grieved and inmates are supposed to have access to the grievance process, shouldn't the warden fix this issue? Or maybe even Rob Jeffries himself, since all IDOC employees ultimately report to him. How about some basic sanitation classes for both the inmates and the guards? The guards turned kitchen managers would then be able to properly supervise and train the inmates then inmates would learn skills that they could use in the real world. At this point, I may have led you all to believe that the current sanitation issues only exist at Illinois River Correctional Center, or these issues have only happened in the past. This crap is happening all over IDOC. Listen to what the Chicago Sun-Times and Associated Press had to say. From a February 18, 2022 article in the Chicago Sun-Times, Reporter Manny Ramos stated, quote, a lawsuit which is asking to be granted class action status was filed Thursday against top officials of the Northern Reception and Classification Center. It says they have violated the constitutional rights of the estimated 1,000 people incarcerated there. Living spaces and common areas are infested with mice, rats, birds, and insects, according to the suit filed against Warden David Gomez, Rob Jeffries is the IDOC director, who are accused of having allowed inhumane conditions to develop and ignored pleas to act. Northern Reception and Classification Center is located in Joliet, Illinois. Check out this transcript to read the whole article from the Chicago Sun-Times. In a February 21st article, Associated Press reports, quote, Prisoners at an Illinois Department of Corrections facility deal with rodents, insects, and unsanitary conditions in cells, bathrooms, and the kitchen, according to a lawsuit filed this month by a man against officials with the intake facility in Crest Hill. Crest Hill is in the city of Crest Hill, Illinois, near Chicago. The full article is also linked in this transcript. How do we justify living in a first world country while exposing a vulnerable population to third world living conditions? I feel like we aren't even doing the bare minimum to feed and house these guys properly. Remember that Governor Pritzker appointed Rob Jeffries as IDOC director. The governor and all Illinois assembly members are elected positions. If you wanna be a part of the movement to end mass incarceration, in America and do better by our incarcerated citizens, first make sure you vote.
then write to your U.S. congressman. If you live in Illinois, hit up your local news media and Illinois assemblymen. You may even use my letter to the Peoria Department of Public Health as your model. Be sure to mention the court cases that I reference, Lightfoot versus Walker from 1980, Caldwell v. Caesar from 2001, Bridges v. Gilbert from 2009, Wilson v. Greeton from 2007, Snyder v. Phelps from 2011. Email your U.S. representatives and Illinois representatives. Email your U.S. senators and Illinois senators. Email your Illinois assembly members and contact the Governor's Office of Constituent Affairs for Illinois. You can get links for all of those points of contact in the transcript. Subscribe to the Free Rocky Nation YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell so you can stay up to date with our most recent videos. Share our videos. More views equals more news. Listen to the Free Rocky Nation anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Email us with your questions, comments, or experiences at freerocky at freerockynation.org. Visit our blog, freelarryrockyharrisx2.com. Like us on Facebook at Larry Rocky Harris 1959 Buy my dad's books on Amazon, such as Never Ending Nightmare, 100 Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, 100 More Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes, The Prisoner's Guide to Filing a Winning Grievance. Support us by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash freerockynation.